G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I didn't realise at the time. I thought, oh, we've got the best marriage. We don't have any problems. And yet, I don't know if outside looking in, people could see problems, but I was somehow unaware of that. And at that time, I didn't realise that I was ripe for an affair. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Cheryl Phillips used to say that she was a cover girl for what not to do after making some serious mistakes in her young adult years. But today, she feels her life is better described by the phrase, she who has been forgiven much, loves much. Cheryl joins us today to share her story and how her walk with the Lord is now stronger than ever before, after going through some very rough years where she felt she could never be forgiven. And parents, before we get started, I just want to mention that due to the adult themes that will be discussed, today's program is not recommended for young children. Cheryl Phillips and her husband Danny are having a chat with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. Cheryl Phillips, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And also joining us today is your husband, Danny. Welcome. Glad to be here. And Danny, thank you so much for driving Cheryl up here all the way from Geelong. Is that right? Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, that was a nice drive today. And Cheryl, I understand that you're more the talkative person in this relationship. Is that right? Yes, I definitely <laughs> am. <laughs> all righty. Well, before we get started, you just wanted to make a point. Yes, I just wanted to say that um, whatever's shared today um, is solely to glorify God and what he's done in my life. I do not at any point um, wish to glorify the sin that I took part in or anything like that because, you know, the consequences are still going on in my life where, you know, you can be forgiven for your sin but consequences still happen Mm -hmm. and it's not the best outcome that God has for anyone. So just please don't think that I'm glorifying anything You're not condoning sin. But unfortunately, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good news is is that we can be forgiven. And we'll hear about that in your story today. Let's start off with your childhood. What was the general impressions of your childhood growing up in Western Victoria? Is that right? Yes. um, Grew up in Western Victoria, a small town. That was good. Uh, We didn't go to church as a family, but My sister and I both uh, gave our hearts to the Lord during beach missions, which we'd go to every year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was such a big part of our lives, and it was so good, and that's where our faith grew. And then you regularly went to church? Uh, My sister and I started attending a church um, in our late teens where we were baptized and um, just part of that community, which was really good. So growing as a Christian? Yes. So this is all starting off very well. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, we were involved in the church. We'd put on plays and stuff like that and um, even did some of the worship leading, taught Sunday school, that sort of thing. So not just attending, involved. Yeah, it was a small church, so Mm -hmm. uh, lots of people have to pitch in to make it work. 
Okay, and then you eventually started a relationship with your first husband? Yes, um, I met my first husband there and, yeah, we we got on pretty well and uh, that was just, you know, we'd run the youth together, we did things together like worship led the services and um, we did Sunday school together as well, things like that. And, yeah, got married and part of the young adults there and it was just a good time. <laughs> now, at that point, if somebody said your marriage would go off the rails, would you have? Oh no way, <laughs> no, no way. Why I, not? I was I was pretty judgmental, um, you know, like it, freshly out of my teens. I just felt that um, my marriage was really good, mm-hmm. and um, I had it all together, and things and, were cruising, and and I yeah. And you knew right from wrong. You. Yeah, oh, totally. I, uh, you know, you'd you'd look around the church and you'd go, oh, oh, that person's divorced or something like that. You know, I mm-hmm. don't really know what to make of that. You know, in my oh, maybe a little snooty. <laughs> Would you? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Um, just judgy. Hmm. Like, wouldn't wouldn't show that outwardly, I suppose. But just um, they've done things wrong, mm-hmm. I suppose, and I wonder how God's grace works with mm-hmm. that sort of thing because I guess I hadn't worked that out in my own walk at that time, so I didn't know. Okay, and in your childhood, going back to before you were married, did you have a, a point in your life where you kind of felt like you weren't being heard? Uh, yes. Um, just growing up, I, I did feel a lot like I wasn't heard. Mm-hmm. Um that's how you perceived it. Yeah, I had I had a few issues there, and mm-hmm. um, so going into marriage, I was I was hoping that that would meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I should say, and Danny, you can uh, agree <laughs> with me if you do, that uh, Cheryl likes to be heard. Yes, she does. So that's kind of her love language, being heard and understood. She really, really likes that. Yeah. Okay. So if there was a situation where you felt you weren't being heard. That would kind of be a open wound, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, my husband and I, you know, when you're courting, when mm-hmm. you're going out, you think it's all it's all great, but then you get kind married. Of, and Kind you, of the uh, honeymoon period, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, and you settle into normal life. And after that, I just felt unheard in a lot of ways. and That's how you perceived it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, yeah that's totally just where I was at in the marriage and and I just wasn't – I didn't realise, though, at the time either. I Also, at the same time, I thought, oh, we've got the best marriage. We don't have any problems. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't know if outside looking in people could see problems, mm-hmm. but for me, you know, my insecurities really um, were building up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was somehow unaware of that. And at about that time, I didn't realise that I was ripe for an affair. Um, mm. But we had a good friend group that we would hang out with. And um, there's this guy in there. Um, I'll call him Joe, but that's not his real name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe was going through some stuff and I was just sort of helping him through it. No, that's... What a good Christian does, right? You help your neighbor, your Christian brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there Little wasn't any know that, intent. Yeah, that there. could lead to something. Yeah, and so him and I just got closer. And now, wait a second. Did you feel heard? 
by this person? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you kind of see where this is going? Yeah, yeah. I was... He was meeting needs that my husband wasn't, and that hmm. that sounds emotional. Needs. Yeah, just emotionally, just and I didn't even realise because I was having those needs met. So, so you're happy? It, yeah, I was happy. So I was happy with my husband, and I was happy with this guy. Not realising that slowly my feelings were being transferred hmm. from my husband to Joe, and it got to the point where others in the church could sort of see, hey, you know, you're hanging out with this guy too much, mm. Cheryl, pull back. And they did try and warn me. And and I I honestly, I think I had some sort of blinkers on. I was, I just, no, no. Kind of in a state of denial about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and I liked it. I liked it as well. It, well, it was, was meeting a met. need, yeah. yeah. So I kept going and I full on did not think where it would end up. I did not, hmm. I had no intention of that. Yeah, yeah. Let me just break in here and say that my wife and I, for years, were involved in a marriage ministry. And one of the things they taught us is that affairs typically start as affairs of the heart. That is to say that it's typically an emotional attachment begins. And it could be quite innocent, like you're just helping somebody. And before you know it, that relationship is meeting some need that might have been unmet. And before you know it, you're just really emotionally supporting each other. And then the next thing you know, when something good happens in your life, the first person you want to tell about isn't your spouse, but this other person who you're getting closer to. And like you said, you're transferring your affection to. Yes. And so that's how it all starts. Because people think, oh, why would anybody just cheat on their spouse and have an affair and have a sexual relationship? But it never starts off that way, typically. I it so starts didn't off in the heart, an affair that. of the heart. Yeah. yeah. It, as a person who thought I was following after God mm-hmm. and loving God and um, serving God in the church, mm-hmm. I did not want this. I saved myself for marriage. You know, I did all the right things mm-hmm. that I thought I was supposed to do. And, a good Christian girl. Yep, <laughs> and well, and this snuck up on me, and it really damaged my identity because I did not know who I was anymore. Because mm. I thought I was one person, this good little Christian girl, and I found out I wasn't. And that was a real rude awakening. It was, um, you know, pride goes before the fall, mm-hmm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. So that was. What happened? <laughs> and this is a cautionary tale for all of us that we're all a few bad decisions away from destroying a marriage, destroying yes. a life, yep. just making a big mess. Yes. Yeah. And this could happen to any of us. Yep. So if we have pride, you know, as you just said, pride comes before the fall. Oh, yep. I would never do what those terrible people who are divorced That was do or, so my attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and, and we can all fall into that trap. We can all say, oh, I'm, I'm too good for that. I'm, I'm so much better than yeah. those poor sinners. Yes. Yeah. That's not the attitude we're supposed to have. We're supposed to be well, very humble. I must say, I'm not like that these days. <laughs> I don't think like that anymore. Yeah. So um, where, where did this God lead, this kind of an emotional did attachment? did use it for good, but it took years mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. Um, so I ended up actually, um, we got found out and so it Tried went from an emotional affair to a full-on to, to full affair. affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're listening to the story. 
Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Cheryl Phillips about her life journey and the hard lessons she's learned along the way. Also, joining them in the studio and providing moral support is Cheryl's husband, Danny. We'll hear more of Cheryl's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with Eric Scadabo chatting with Cheryl Phillips in our Melbourne studios along with her husband, Danny. As we heard before the break, Cheryl gradually began an affair with a man at her church after believing that such a thing could never happen to her. Now we'll hear what happened next in her life. I did try and reconcile with my husband. We went to counselling. But by then, my heart was with that other guy. The emotional attachment was so strong. Yeah. I didn't hate my first husband or anything like that. I just had no feelings for him at all. Because you had let the feelings for yes. Joe yes. grow and so I, much. Yes. And I couldn't get anything back. Uh, or I didn't know how. Um, so, And I also felt that my sin was so great that God could not forgive me. So... Now, you must have been very confused at this point because you know what's right. You prided yourself at doing what's right. And suddenly, because of the reasons that we just mentioned, you're doing something you know is wrong. Yes. And the world is so willing to embrace you. Oh, non-Christians. Yeah. Just follow your heart. Yeah. They will tell you to follow your heart and you did nothing wrong and it's all good. And you know, like you know that that's not the truth. Mm. So what happened was I decided to follow my heart anyway and I left my husband for Joe and we were subsequently, Joe and I were kicked out of the church. They wrote us a letter. Because you had been so involved. I mean, you were in leadership. Yes. Yep. In, in a sense. Yeah. They um, wrote us a letter and detailed, you know, you're in an adulterous relationship and that can't continue. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you are willing to repent and separate and all that, you, you are welcome back. So it wasn't, wasn't an unreasonable, and they gave scriptures. It wasn't an unreasonable letter. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was quite confronting. And I had attitude of, oh, I wouldn't want to go back there anyway. Um, oh, so you were mad at them. I was, I was mad at the whole situation and I was confused as to who I was. Mm. I didn't understand who I was anymore. And having that stripped from you is hard. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and and I had people gossiping about me. Oh, that's got to be hard. Yeah, and in the church. And, and you, it's easy to point the finger when you, you know, you've got the, the log in your own eye. Mm, <laughs> you point at yeah. the specks in everyone else and mm. go, why aren't they kicked out for gossiping, <laughs> you mm. know? Mm. Um, so there was a lot of, that that was hard to deal with and a lot of people rejected me and left I lost I lost most of my friends I lost mm. pretty much everyone and I've got to say 
some was real and some was perceived because you've got that perception of, oh, that person's seeing me coming along the street and they've crossed over mm. to avoid me. And some of that would have been real, but some of that would have been my own mm. perception. Because the devil mm. doesn't want you to get your life back on track. No. So he wants you to think, oh, you're completely rejected. Yes. All these people hate you. Yeah. And there were, I will say, there were a few that reached out and said, mm. you know, we will try and support, you know, mm -hmm. we're here to support yeah. you. But I was in a state of, um, hey, you weren't even my friend beforehand and now all of a sudden you want to know me. Mm. Um, kind of, I can't accept your help mm. because you only want to help me now that I'm a difficult person. <laughs> mm. I, don't, I don't know how to word that. So properly, that was just kind of your attitude that mm. they didn't have the best motives you're, you're saying. That's yeah, what you that's, felt. that's what I felt at the mm, time. Mm. But I think it was born out of my own rejection and hurt, um, not out of their, you know, that's not a reflection on them. Their motives were probably just fine. Um, that was just where I was at. Okay, so you're kicked out of the church. Yeah. And then the so, relationship continues. Yeah, affair? I actually moved in with Joe. And, oh, I, so you left your husband? I left my husband, but I left out a major point of the story. Um, my husband and I, before I'd started the affair, had just found out I was pregnant. Okay. So. And he's the father? Yes. So that was before I'd started the mm -hmm. affair. So I knew mm -hmm. that he was the father. And Joe knew that my first husband was the father. And he believed me to his credit. And it was obvious when his son was born that he was the father. But, you know, there's all sorts of rumours going around town. Mm -hmm. So I was pregnant and I moved out with Joe and you know it's not a great environment to be the stress levels to have when you're pregnant oh yeah, yeah. Um, to put on a child and and even you know taking a child away from his father before you yep. know he even had a chance to be a father oh wow. it, it's, yeah. it's yeah. pretty um full on <laughs> yeah and your mental state of mind at this point yeah I was um out of control just out of control. I knew I should stop, but I couldn't. I, I felt I couldn't. And Your desire for this relationship was so strong. I didn't know the way back. Mm. It was hard. So I, I knew that by pursuing the route I was going, it would be harder to come back. Mm. It, harder to come back to God, harder to... Just everything would be harder, and I couldn't make that wiser choice. Mm. Um, it's like I'd already gone too far. You felt like you had burnt your bridges, in a sense. Yeah, and and yeah, like I didn't have the support that I needed. I didn't have friends. I didn't mm. have. Um, I had some good friends, but you know, less than a handful. <laughs> mm. So it it was hard, and of course, no one understood. Like. Every, you've grieved a whole lot of, you know, not just my own family, but my first husband's family went to that church. Mm. Um, Joe's so family the reality went is to that, that church. A lot of people are hurt. Yeah. So you've hurt a lot of people, and the whole church was mm. hurting over that. And I don't know, I won't know until I see God the whole mm. the extent picture of, it of, yeah. of the hurt that went on there. But for me personally, I was only thinking of myself at that time. Mm -hmm. And I did try a couple of times to sort of 
reconcile with my first husband, but it wasn't a real effort on my part. He he didn't do anything wrong. Mm. Um, he he was a good man, just just for the record. So he was there when his son was born, and I moved back in with my parents for four months. So you separated from Joe? Yeah, just to to see if I could get back with my first husband, and and I just didn't have the feelings there, and. I found it really hard to let go of Joe. Mm. Now, we should say that this is over 30 years ago, back in the early 90s, that this is all taking place. Yeah, Mm. mid-90s. So I moved out from living with my parents after four months and just got a place with my son and myself, and I resumed my relationship with Joe. So that attraction was so strong. Yeah, yeah. Even though... You're feeling, what, shame at this point? Totally, yeah, yeah. And I didn't like myself. I still didn't know who I was anymore. I felt like God couldn't forgive me because mm-hmm. my sin was too great. I honestly thought God can forgive anyone. He He's good at that. And I thought all the adulterers out there, you know, they they didn't know better like I did. I knew better. I knew not to do that. So you're saying... They yeah, can they forgiven, can be forgiven, but I can't. But be not because me. I, I should have known better. Yeah, I should have known better. I, I did know better, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was a Christian, and it's like, and I had God, and and what was I doing? Mm. So, I really went off the rails. I, at the same time, I was still trying to get back with God. So at this point, that was affecting you still my wanted relationship. The relationship. Yeah, I was going to say that was Joe, affecting my relationship with Joe because but I'm you still like. Wanted to get back with God. Yeah, I can't have you if I want to get back with God. So I understood that concept, but I didn't believe I could be forgiven either. So that's a real struggle. And in that time, Joe moved. So he moved five hours away from where we lived to get work. More toward the Melbourne area? Yes. And I thought to myself, I cannot move five hours away from my family or five hours away from my first husband who needs to see his son. Yes, because the reality is you have a son yeah. with your first husband. Yes. And you have to share and have yeah. visiting time. Yeah. So I did not want to move. And plus the five hours away was an area that I had no interest in moving mm-hmm. to. But, however, I thought I really would like to move to Geelong because – I want to get out of this small town where mm-hmm. everyone, that I've got such shame, yeah. I just could not. And I didn't have anything keeping me there except my family mm-hmm. by then because, you know, I didn't have friends. Um, I didn't have, I gave up my job when I had my son. So I had no ties really and, and I just wanted to get away from that shame. So I moved to Geelong and I love Geelong. I think mm. it's a great Great place, a great city. It's close to everything. And it was two hours away from where Joe had moved mm-hmm. and three and a half-ish hours away from where I'd come from. So it was kind of a good yeah. middle ground. Yeah, and you met somebody there who kind of encouraged you. Is that right? My um, landlord, yes. Tell um, us about her influence on your life. Uh, she was she was amazing. Like it was even God. I actually said to God as I was moving to Geelong, I said, I'm going to move to Geelong and if you don't like it, you can stop me <laughs> because I didn't, I wasn't hearing from God at the time or anything like that. 
And that's what you felt. That's what I mm-hmm. felt. And I didn't even know if God cared about me anymore at that time. And so I ended up getting a place. And that was purely God how I got it because the landlords had promised it to someone else. And they said to me, ring back about the house this certain night. And I didn't because I'd forgotten I was with Joe. <laughs> and that same night, the people who they'd promised to was also were also supposed to ring back about the house and they, they also didn't. And so I ended up seeing through the house the next day and she offered it to me on the spot without mm. references mm. or anything. And in that moment, I thought, I reckon she's a Christian mm. <laughs> because, yeah, the, it was just the way she did business with me. I and she up, got you involved in a mother's group? Yes. I ended up moving to Geelong into that house and uh, she got, it, got me involved with the mother's group at a church in Geelong. And from there, I started attending that church, and that's been my church now for oh, okay. over about 25 years. Oh, wow. So it's been such a great home to mm-hmm. me. And so, But what but are you she, feeling at that time? At that time, you're kind of one foot in both worlds, if I'm understanding this right. Totally, yeah. I was um, even um, to the point where I had managed to – break up with Joe, Mm -hmm. but I was also down so low. Well, that was part one of Eric Scadabo chatting with Cheryl Phillips about her life journey and the hard lessons she's learned along the way. As we're hearing at this point in her story, Cheryl is kind of torn between two worlds. On the one hand, she knows what she did was wrong and wants to get back in a close relationship with God. But on the other hand, she's still longing for companionship and unfortunately is still making poor relationship decisions. We'll find out what happens and how God works in her life next time. A Bible verse that comes to mind when reflecting on Cheryl's life at this point is, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Often we know what the right thing to do is, but are tempted to do what's wrong. We start off with the best of intentions, but fall into sin. And often when we least expect it. If you can relate to this and you'd like to pray with someone about whatever it is that you're struggling with, our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. We'd love to pray with you on that number again, 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us for part one of Cheryl Phillips' story. And until next time, when we'll hear how God brings reconciliation to her life, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. And I was sitting outside the church in my car and I was like, oh, this is just scary. And I thought I was going back to apologise to everyone there, which I did do. I was there for that. But I was blown away by the people that apologised to me. Cheryl Phillips says that after making some serious mistakes in her young adult years, she felt like there was no way that God could possibly forgive her. We'll hear the remarkable way that God brings reconciliation to her life next time. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks. 
for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.